0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you, it's going to be your new favorite book. Marianne and Tommy Pilling have more than 40,000 fans on Facebook. In their profile picture, his arm is wrapped around her shoulders, his fingers giving her a gentle squeeze. Tommy's wearing a purple shirt that says in big, bold letters, best husband ever. Marianne's wearing a bright pink shirt that says best wife ever. They have these huge, happy smiles on their faces. But when Marianne and Tommy first met about three decades ago, there were a lot of people who didn't think they should be together, who thought it was wrong and even disgusting for them to be in love and get married. They defied the odds. They've been together for 28 years and married for 22 of those. I think they're an inspiration for what it means to love, what being in love can look like. Marianne's mom, Linda Martin, knew that they had something special from the very beginning. This is her describing their relationship.
1: I wish I could have found a love like it in my life because it's very honest, it's very true. And it it's really is a beautiful
0: thing. Tommy and Marianne both have Down syndrome. That's the reason people didn't want them to get married in the first place. Didn't think they could get married. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Marianne and Tommy's story began 28 years ago in a training center for people with Down syndrome in the United Kingdom. Marianne was just 19. Tommy was 13 years older than she was. I talked to Marianne and Tommy at their home over Skype. What would you think of Tommy that first time that you met him? I, I love him. It's just extreme love. She said that I love him. That it was extreme love. Did you know the first day that you met him that you wanted to marry him? Yeah, I did. Were you scared at all? Not scared. I love him. It's not scary. We're going to try to know him. She says she knew him. That's what it felt like that he felt familiar to her. But Marianne's mother, Linda, who you heard from earlier, was a little scared. Marianne was her first child one of eventually four. She was born in 1972, and that was a different time with different expectations for what the life of a child born with Down syndrome would look like.
1: If I I said to you that it wasn't a worry, I would be telling lies. She was my first child, so you can imagine. I felt like I'd been run over. When Miriam was born, they didn't call them Downs. They called them Mongols, and I hate that word. But that's what they were called. They were called Mongol babies. The outlook for somebody with their disability was portrayed to me quite bleak. You know, I was told that she would probably not walk till she was five or six, if she did at all, uh, which was rubbish because she was uh, 18 months old and she got up and run. She didn't walk, she ran. But I was determined that she was going to be dressed and treated as near to normal
0: as possible. Part of Marianne having a normal life involved going to this training centre. That's where she took classes and learned life skills, where she met other people with Down syndrome. Pretty soon after Marianne met Tommy there, she invited him home to meet her family.
1: That's when I realised that my little girl was falling in love. What was she like? She was very giggly, very bubbly, listened to everything that he was saying, although he was quite quiet when we first met him. But it didn't last for long because Marianne soon brought him out of himself.
0: Linda is always busy. She was actually cooking dinner during this conversation, so sometimes she's a little hard to hear. You might hear some chopping in the background, too. I love this story, though about how Tommy was quiet and shy and kept to himself until Marianne came along. Marianne was the first person in Tommy's life to appreciate his voice, to encourage him to speak up. And
1: she'd be chatting away and he'd be sitting there lost in his own little word and she'd look at him and say, Tommy, will you talk to me? My mouth's moving. I'm talking to you. And he used to say, oh, sorry, darling. And then they'd start with a conversation and, you know, they'd sit there holding hands and... Chatting and giggling, and it was it was lovely to see because you knew it was
0: it was very pure. About a year after they met, Tommy put some coins in a toy vending machine and bought a plastic ring for Marianne. She came flying through into the kitchen, and
1: I've never seen her so elated in my life. And she's got this little ring on, and she turned around and she said, "Tommy's given me a ring. He wants us to get engaged." So. I sort of swallowed hard and thought, good God, I thought this is where it was going to go. But And then I went in and I had a word with them and I said, right. And I sat them down and I said, you know, what do you want? And Tommy said, I want to marry Marianne. And Marianne obviously said the same. I said, right, well, we better do something about this officially
0: then. Linda took the two of them to get a proper ring. They wanted to do this right. And Linda wanted what they wanted. They were engaged for about four years, spending alternate weekends at each other's houses.
1: I think it was important that they got to know one another properly. They spent a lot of time together at weekends, and it was just really a a time to take things slowly. Um, And they proved against anything else that they wanted to be together, and then we arranged a date for the wedding. And it was uh, all systems go after that.
0: Did Marianne always want a big wedding? I think it's every girl's dream, isn't it?
1: And I made sure she had that dream. But, you know, it's quite funny. If you look at her wedding dress, she had more or less exactly the same dress as what Cinderella had. And it was what Marianne chose from a pattern, and her auntie made it for her. I mean, it was it was handmade. It was absolutely stunning. Even her hair was done up in, you know, a French peat, which I had done, and all the makeup and, and everything else on the morning. Um, And I think she looked
0: stunning. Marianne, did you pick out your wedding dress?
2: I I, I had it made. I like dancing. I had a time of my life.
0: She said she had it made, and then added how much she likes dancing, especially to their wedding song, which was, I've had the time of my life.
3: Yes, I swear it's a truth um, The
0: wedding was this smashing success. When they were leaving the church, everyone started dancing and held up the next people who were supposed to get married there. Afterwards, they had this big party with two hundred family and friends, and that went on for nine hours. Marianne's dress was stunning. There were beautiful flowers everywhere. She wore a tiara. Everyone I've talked to about it just says there was so much love in that room. And they still remember it all these years later as one of the best weddings they've ever been to. Linda Martin really meant it when she said she wanted her daughter to have everything that any other bride would have. And that included the perfect honeymoon.
1: I booked them into a local very posh hotel on the seafront because we live right near the sea. That's another funny story because when we got up there, Marianne was obviously still in her dress and she had the full regalia underneath. She had the proper uh, basque and the stockings with the suspenders and she had the garter. And uh, of course, <laughs> Tom turned and he said, um, I'm having problems. I said, what? He said, I can't help Ann get her stockings off. And I said to him, Tom, I think this is pushing the mother-in-law a little bit too far. (laughs) But obviously I laughed and we got her ready and she she had her bath because they'd been dancing all night. And and then uh, I left them
0: to it. We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll talk about how other people in the town reacted to Marianne and Tommy getting married. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Like I said in the introduction, not everyone was happy about this wedding of two people with Down syndrome. Marianne and Tommy's love story was broadcast on a local television station. After that, Linda began receiving complaints, phone calls, and letters. People told her she was a bad mother and that letting her daughter get married was disgusting
1: a lot of relationships that these people do have are often treated as though they're not serious and i've heard many say oh well they can get engaged but that's really as far as it's going to go and i didn't want that to marianne i wanted her to have a proper relationship obviously there was a worry of how it would work would it work as far as i'm concerned It's, it's the same odds with any relationship for me, as a mum, I would have felt I'd failed her if I hadn't acknowledged the fact that she was in love with somebody and she wanted what every other girl wanted. And I didn't see any reason why she shouldn't have that.
0: Who were these people who criticised you?
1: It's a local charity that looks after a lot of people with learning difficulties. They had a few people phoning them up, complaining. And it, a lot of it was other parents that I'd known for many, many years, I think they thought I'd become a bit unhinged, to be quite honest. Like, what did I think I was doing nurturing something like this? It would give their children ideas as well about marrying and what would I do if it didn't work? And I said, well, the same as what you do with any other relationship. Why would you why would you ask that? You wouldn't ask that of your, I hate the word normal, but sometimes you have to use it to define what I mean. You wouldn't ask your normal daughter when she was marrying, well, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out?
0: Here we are so many years later, and it turns out that you were right.
1: Yes, it's lovely now because I can sort of do the, lick the finger and sort of point it in the air and go, yes, you know?
0: Marianne and Tommy live independently in their own house. Marianne's sister, Lindy, lives across the road, and she's taken on the role of their caretaker. This is Lindy.
2: They just breeze along every day in this bubble of love and it's one of the most wonderful things to see on a daily basis. They're so lucky to have found each other and still be this happy.
0: Taking care of Tommy makes Marianne really happy. When she talks about it, her face lights up. She glows a little bit. This is Lindy and Marianne discussing what Marianne does to help Tommy every day.
2: So, Marianne, what things do you do to help Tommy every day? Clean his teeth properly. Clean his teeth? Yeah. He's the best cook. You like to him. Help, you help to cook? Yeah. Anything else? I make a drink. Make drinks? Yeah. Marianne and
0: Tommy are always on the go. Here's Lindy and Marianne talking about what the two of them like to do together.
2: What are some of the things that you like to do together? I like going out for dates. Going out for dates? Yeah. What what else do you do? Watching a film. Watching films? Yeah. And that bowling? Bowling. The weight. Going to the gym? Yeah. How often do you tell Tommy you love him? How many times a day do you tell him? Three times. Three times a day? Yeah. yeah. Three times a day, yeah? Yeah. And what does Tommy do to make you feel special? Uh, What about cuddles and kisses? So cuddles and kisses, yeah? Yeah.
0: Marianne told me that when Tommy cooks dinner for her, he likes to sing Elvis. Her favourites are blue suede shoes and Love Me Tender. Love me tender. Love me tender.
2: My
0: I mentioned their Facebook page in the introduction, and all of their fans. Lindy helps Marianne post their dates and pictures of each other to the Facebook page. Recently, there's been a video of them going to see Thriller Live seeing the Avengers, playing some football outside on a sunny day, going bowling. It's really clear that they're an inspiration to people from all over the world from reading the comments. One commenter wrote, Most people would do anything for a love like you two share. Another said, You provide such hope to parents like myself with children with disabilities for the future.
2: They do basically things, what they want, when they want type of thing. And because I'm their registered carer, I take them to things that they need. So appointments and their shopping. And they they do have help with everything. They they have help with cooking. They have help with washing and ironing and going shopping. They can't manage their own money. Um, They can't read or write. And they they don't understand really completely the concept of time. So it does take a lot of hard work. And my mum takes the credit for doing that for the last 46 years to make her as independent as what she is.
0: I remember right after Nick and I got married, I used to really like to say the word husband. And I never thought that I would like saying the word husband so much. But I would introduce him, like, this is my husband, Nick, and that was kind of exciting. Linda says that Marianne and Tommy are still the same way, even though now they've been together for 28 years. Here's Marianne introducing Tommy.
2: Hello, Angie. Hello,
3: Marianne. How are you? I'm Okay. There's my husband, Tommy. Your husband, Tommy? Yeah. Fantastic. Nice to meet you, Tommy. Do you guys want to come in for a cup of tea? Yes,
0: please. We're going to take a quick break here. Be right back. Hey, guys. Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. So, it isn't always sunshine and roses for Marianne and Tommy. They bicker. Everyone does. It's just life. But they also live much more in the present, and they don't hold grudges. The one thing that Marianne and Tommy do fight about is that sometimes they both get a little jealous. If a woman is paying extra attention to Tommy, innocently, on the street or in a diner, Marianne will kind of grab him on the arm and say, I'm his wife. This is my husband. I asked Marianne about it during one of our conversations. Marianne, do you get jealous? Yeah, uh, it, like I do. It's often I do. not
3: often, I don't. often. No. <laughs> I
2: love him. Maybe you still get jealous, don't you? It, it's often I do. It's often I get jealous.
0: She said, yeah, sometimes I get jealous. But according to Linda, Marianne and Tommy's arguments are usually pretty short-lived.
3: I mean, they have their arguments
1: like anybody does. And I often have to play, you know, sort of the referee. And I say, right, then if, if it's that bad, I think you two better think about getting divorced then. And they both look horror at one another. No, we don't want that. I say, well, you better kiss and make up then. And that's what they do. And it's over that quick.
0: It would be really nice if we could all kiss and make up that quickly.
1: Yes, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah, they do. As soon as you mention that, they're sort of all over one another again, and it's all forgotten. Everybody has rows. Um, everybody has disagreements, but they sort of get over it more quickly than what I suppose anybody else would. And uh, he he knows by the tone of a voice if he's in trouble or not, which <laughs> is quite funny. He's coming the other day to me said. My wife shouted at me this morning. I said, What was that for? He said, I can't remember.
0: But then it's forgotten, you know. Tommy's actually been forgetting a lot more lately. He's showing early signs of Alzheimer's. That's why you haven't heard that much from Tommy in this episode. It's getting harder for him to speak and be understood by people that don't know him really well. Linda, have you have you had that conversation talking about what happens when Tommy's gone. No, because I have to be very
1: careful how I deal with things like that with Marianne. Because when she was 12, her brother was killed. And um, I have to be very careful how I approach things as far as that is concerned. At the moment, we just said that Tommy is getting older and he forgets things and he needs a bit more care and... That is enough for Marianne to deal with at the moment. We go on a day-to-day basis.
0: So, at this moment, baby steps. I don't think it's so hard for people to understand at all. It would be really nice if all of us could live our lives day-to-day and not worry about the future. Because we have no idea what's going to happen next.
1: We just live for every day, um, Tommy's 60th birthday's coming up we've got a a massive big party um, arranged for his birthday in March and there's going to be over uh, about 120, 30 people there and that's what we're doing We're, we're trying to do as much as we can with Tommy while he's able to enjoy it I think everybody deserves the chance to be happy everybody deserves to be loved and she's a much better person for meeting him and he's a much better person for meeting her. And the love they've got between them, you know, I think it's wonderful. I wish I'd have found that love in my life.
0: I think there's a lot of people out there who hope they could find that kind of love someday. Yes, definitely. Definitely. They have no expectations.
1: They just take one another on face value. And I think that's what a lot of us so-called ordinary people miss along the way. You know, there's always an expectancy, isn't there, for how marriage should be or how a relationship should be. Um, but with these two, they're just, they're just themselves, purely just themselves. You know, there could be other people in the house. It could be Lindy with her children, and all of a sudden a song will come on, and they would be at the end of the kitchen in my house, and they're just dancing with one another, chatting and looking at one another, and having a cuddle, and dancing, it wouldn't matter if they were in the middle of Piccadilly Circus in London, they would still do the same thing. And it is so innocent and lovely. When you you glance over and you can see the love between them, and it does put a a big lump in your throat, you know? It's what I wanted for her when she was first born. I can always remember saying, I don't care what she achieves, I just hope to God that she finds somebody to love. And she did. She has. And to me, that's, you know, the best thing I could have ever wished for her.
0: finished editing this episode on Charlie's first birthday. My mom flew in for it and she's upstairs right now making a massive pot of monkey bread. A couple dozen friends and family members will get here in about an hour. Marianne and Tommy's love story really is an inspiration. It's about them, but it's also about the love of a parent. It's about how hard Linda worked to make sure that her daughter had this kind of life this kind of love. And it's a nice reminder to me on my son's first birthday of the kind of mom that I hope I can be.
3: This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Marianne and Tommy Pilling, as well as Linda Martin, with a very special thanks to Lindy Newman. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt, with additional editing by Tyler Klang and mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Mangesh Hatikator, and Will Pearson. Theme song and original music by Tristan McNeil, with additional music by Josh Woodward, Komiko, Salmo, Soft and Furious, Alpha Hydra, and Tequila Moonrise. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, send an email to joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the House of Works family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold.